All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. ever wonder what a Gen X thinks? Welcome to the Gen X Talks podcast. I'm here with Gen X Mom. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Gen X Dad. I almost fucked that one up, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you almost screwed it up. I'm yeah. also here with Lil Chief. Hello, everyone. Okay, who, wait, wait. Little Chief? Who's that? Millennial brother from the Superweed video. That might have been helpful information at the beginning of your introduction, but okay, we're good. And I'm also here with Iceman. Hi, guys. Okay, you got a dude named Iceman here? Yeah, I found him on the street. Why do they call you Iceman? Because I'm one cool motherfucker. Ooh, uh, I will be sitting now across... Now you see why I picked him up off yeah, the street? I will be sitting across the table from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you're going to... What's the show today? Well, Gen X Mom here. We're going to be talking about a cult classic, The Big Lebowski. Um, for those of you listening, it's a cult classic that came out in 1998, and it stars uh, Jeff Bridges and John Goodman, Julianne Moore, and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. A few uh, big-name movie stars. Um, just so you guys know, it was directed by the Coen brothers, um, who've done a few other things. And it was budgeted at $15 million, but didn't do really well at the box office. Yeah, nobody liked it when it came out in the theaters. Everybody passed on it. Yeah, yeah before you guys think that this thing we've beat off to a dead horse, <laughs> <laughs> before we talk about that, new things have come to light, man. New, new things. Okay? <laughs> so just when you thought you haven't heard anything about this movie, new things. new things have come to light. We are not beating off to a dead horse here. We have some new shit. Yes, we do. But that's so- only because we've been sticking to a very strict alcohol regimen. You know, that's that's helping. <laughs> yeah, these guys have. You got a so nice you know. IV going. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that haven't seen the movie, this is about Jeff the Dude Lebowski, mistaken for a millionaire of the same name. And he's seeking restitution for his ruined rug and enlists the bowling buddies that he has to help get it back. <laughs> this is a very clinical description of the movie. <laughs> I know, that's just like a little... <laughs> Little thing. We're going to dive a little deeper. It's the Wikipedia article on it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, what a very forensic analysis of the movie. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. What are we doing? Well, I'm just going to ask you some questions and give you some insights, and I'm going to see what you guys think about it. Okay. All right. And then we get to expound. You can expound all you expound. want to. Couldn't hear you. What? Perfectly happy to expound. There we go. Okay, good. Okay, so here we go. Yeah. Um, how do you think the dude ever afforded his apartment? Uh, he's got to be on it's an employment. Very simple. Okay. You report very little income, very little, and then you take as much as you can from the state, especially or, California. A wait a second. So I have a better solution. Okay. He won the bowling tourney and got some money. He got like three bowling tourneys in a row. Say that. Mm. Not with the way Walter behaves. I doubt they <laughs> won anything. You don't know. Well, could have done it. I'm going to say he's on unemployment. That would just make sense because he's not employed. 
no, I, I was certainly going for a, a welfare scam. He's he's definitely a crook. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say unemployment would be my guess. I don't think we're going to know that answer, but I'm talking about the man who's drinking the half and half before he even gets to the counter <laughs> to pay for it. Check for sixty nine cents. <laughs> he's probably not from the very get go a good individual. But he's he's the uh, protagonist for the reason that he's just not a good individual. We all root for him. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. So one of the scenes in the movie is that the dude is going to the grocery store to buy his half and half. Who? What grocery store did he go to, you guys? I know. Ralph's. Yeah. More Ralph's. specifically, the first Ralph's in Southern California. They what? have the sign in the scene. It's what? the first Ralph's in Southern California. No way. That can't be true. I'm not going to argue against that, but God bless him for knowing that. That is a thing. And that it only enriches my Lebowski knowledge. That is Wait. That is part of the scene. Okay. How would we have not caught that? We're usually drunk when we watch it. That's true. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. And to be fair, you have not been drunk once while you're true. watching it. True. Okay. Poor kid's been stone cold sober for every viewing. <laughs> so uh, he, you guys alluded to the fact that he got a half and half, and he paid for it. Um, does anybody remember the date that he put on the, and how he paid for it? What was the date? I remember that, because I saw it last night. I'm afraid. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do you know? What? No, please, go ahead, please. Uh, you act like you know. Yeah, I know. You do? Yeah. Okay, you're like 12. How do you know? You shouldn't uh, even watch this movie. September 11th. That's right. That's what yeah. I was afraid of, man. We're just so close to it. I didn't want to say it. With it yeah. I'd be wrong. So now we yeah. can't say the date anymore. Dude, Dude it's solemn. You know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> From that moment on, it's a morbid I, movie. I also remember on his checkbook, he has a bunch of scribbles <laughs> yeah. on the first blank yeah, check. I remember that. That it's just from all these pens that he's had in his pocket that did not work. And I think it just shows how much thought that, they put in that movie. It could have been just all the bad takes. They used so many pens. You know, I wonder what check number it was. Had he only written like 11 checks? Oh, I don't know the check number. No one can hear you. That's a good question. We should look at that. That's we should. Good. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any idea what that so was. So here's a, here's a really good one. So later, you know, he runs into his landlord and his landlord is kind of reminding him about something like, hey, rent. It was already the 10th. It was already the 10th, dude. <laughs> but do you see the what happened there? What, what did he write the check for? What date? You, uh, September 11th. So presumably it was October 10th now when he's writing the check. Yeah, when that's right. When or rent, did he post date the check? Was due. Oh, that could be. He is a crook. We've already <laughs> acknowledged he, he is a crook. <laughs> you know, for 69 cents at the Ralphs, the world's first. Yeah. Can you actually no. do that? You can post date a check and it It's not legal run? to do that. You can. But the banks will tell you cuz I wrote a post date a check one time and the check went and cashed it that day. I went to my bank and said, "Hey, motherfuckers, I postdated the check." They're like, "Yeah, that's not a real thing. You can do it, but it's only if you and the check holder agree." I'm like, "Well, that's bullshit." Goes, yeah, you you write a check, it's done. I don't care if it's a date on it or not. We're giving you the fucking money. Do really? You, do you also know that it's illegal to write a check under a dollar? What? I did not know that. It is illegal to write a check under a dollar. In the state of California? Huh. World record for committing two times, or two crimes at once with a single <laughs> pen. Just real fast. Just I still crimes. want to know what check number it was. Okay. What's he's also next? got the cream on his mustache when yeah, he's writing the check. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jimmy Dale Gilmore, he played Smokey. Do you guys remember Smokey? Yeah, yes, Smokey. we certainly do. Yeah. Okay. He's been the asked. bowler cheater. <laughs> he's been line. asked over and over again if he if he stepped over the line and he's not telling anybody. What do you guys think? Did he step over the line? I don't think he was because well, if you pause it, 
I think you could see his foot that is behind the line. It is, but then we had last night, we thought about if you're a left-handed bowler, that foot would stay. If you're a right-handed bowler, it would move. So which one would have come back across the line? He's obviously right-handed. Who bowls with their left hand and then leaves their left These two guys. I think the clear evidence here is that Walter wouldn't pull his piece out on the lanes if he wasn't over the line. Yes, he Clearly. would. Yes, he would. Well, let, let's, set it, let's, not, let's just set aside the fact that Walter's a little bit disturbed. No. Let, let's, no. let's go past that. That man is the most sane person <laughs> in the movie. Clearly. <laughs> and let's talk about his angle. He was pretty low to the ground. It'd be really tough to see. If you're up high and you can look down, that's a line you could see. You know, he's also really stubborn. So, like, even if he was wrong and he thought he was right, like, he just has to full commit. But that he's he right. is being honest. Walter's not shystering. He's like, oh, excuse me. He's very, he's very honest about it. I don't mean to be, be you know, quibble too much, but he is walking into the scene. He hasn't been present at the lane, Walter. He's when 20 he yells, minutes late. When he yells it out, he is yelling it out from a few lanes away. So I would think that his perspective of where Smokey's toe could be on the regulation line could be skewed. But the man is very convicted in his assumption that he was over line. Perhaps Smokey is a bit of a rec- you know, reputational cheater. Or Wait a minute. You're no- using this to cast aspersions on my man Smokey? Yeah. Smokey. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, look at the guy. I mean, he's a pacifist, you know? <laughs> So okay. if, we would, if we would just give Walter the credit that either, yes, he might be making an assumption about his toe being over the line, about Smokey's toe being over the line, but also he's a rather tall man. He was sitting down. And he's, no, 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 he's walking in, he's over the line, he's hold walking on. into the Hold on, hold on, Not, you are incorrect, my fine feathered friend. Not only he had come, sat down, talked about the fucking dog. Oh, shit, you're right. Sitting with the dog, wasn't even he's really in, looking, he, and then right. all of a sudden he goes, out of the corner of his eye, shit, over the... I mean, he wasn't even paying attention. To be like, fair, Gen X Dad just saw this movie last night. I haven't seen it in a few months, oh, which is regrettable. Which here, is regrettable. I know here it comes. as part of a, a, a disciple of the movie, I should be watching it more frequently. <laughs> but I do have some obligations. Yeah. Uh, so all right, so, so Iron no, Man, you're saying you didn't do your homework. No, you I just called him Iron Man. Man. Ice Man. I mean, Ice Man. <laughs> it's, hey, look, it's the first time we've had a homeless guy with a nickname off the street. So I, I give you a little sorry. credit. True. All right, Iceman. so I'll concede. Yeah, okay. he was present at the scene. He's sitting around. And he was kind of just talking, and then all of a sudden turned. he looked over. He does. He turns his shoulder. It wasn't even that. Like It wasn't like he was this studying. This guy was a NAM, dude. He can see stuff at the oh, back of his head. <laughs> Smokey lives matter, man. I don't, Smokey I, lives I matter. I think Smokey's toe was over the line. No. I, think, I, don't think, I don't think Walter would make such a big deal out of something that didn't exist. He usually has suspicions, and he's a rather su- suspicious individual. I think he usually makes a complaint or an injustice, you know, across this line, you do not when something unjust has happened. And I think, he's, I think something unjust happened with the toe. <laughs> Take two. Okay. <laughs> now, listen, I, I need a little clarity here. Sure. You are so certain that, that Walter can see out of the back of his fucking head because he was in Vietnam. You're mm-hmm. so certain. Here's what I don't get. You're telling me that if Walter thinks he's on his toe over the line, that his brain commits to that direction no matter what. I think the most important thing in Walter's life is the game. Apart from the memory of his buddies that died face down in the muck, obviously. But <laughs> okay. his entire uh, socialization, all of the, the, the things that he looks forward to in life, uh, apart from his, you know, his independent business and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Shomer Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos, oh, thank Shabbos, you. Thank you. Um, uh, is his commitment to the game and his friend 
well, uh, the dude, okay. and then also the one he tolerates, Donnie. So, okay. Yeah, I, do, I really do think he's zoned in on what's happening inside that So do you th- here's the crux of it. Could he have made a mistake at that level of focus? Walter doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I think a great way you could describe him is manic. <laughs> All right. The ringer, that's a mistake. Uh, he All doesn't right. roll out naked either. So, I mean, he, no. brings, yeah, yeah, he brings his piece. All yeah. right, you guys. We'll, do, we'll, we'll talk about the characters in a little bit. But okay. Let's continue. So I have a really good question. I hope I stump you. All right. Okay. Do you guys know what the name of Smokey's bowling team was? How would you fucking even know that? How is that a thing? It's probably on their jerseys, all right, on their bowling shirts. Didn't I barely it? remember it said Smokey. I know. I got to picture it now. I would, um, okay. I'm going to need more Jack oh. Daniels if we're going to go for this. Excuse I me. I snuck. Waitress. Waitress. Hey, waitress. Lady waitress. Can I have some more Jack Daniels, please? Hey. So do you guys want to know what it is? Yeah, I do. No, wait, hold on a second. You want to imagine what it might be? No, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to make up an answer. It's well, on his shirt. Okay, I'm asking, is it like um, Ralph's Refrigerator Repair or something? Is no. it is a sponsorship? No. It's a real team. It's a real team. Um, the Coyotes or the Wolves or something. No. All right, then I don't know. Do you want to know? Yeah, I'm trying to know. The Cavaliers. Oh, that ruined it for me. LeBron Lame. James, Cavaliers. Are that they from sucks. Cleveland? That's a bad uh, for name. God's sakes! I believe that predates uh, yeah, LeBron James. It does. Hold on, how do you, how do you make your team the Cavaliers for and bowling? Then, and then you're purple. If purple jerseys. What's on? purple? Sp- what Cavaliers? They have a uniform coat exactly. of color. Like no, you're thinking Liam and the Jesus. They're in purple. Uh, you're you know, not thinking Smokey. Smokey. Smokey's in like this. Brown Smokey's the long-haired oh, guy. Yeah, I know who Smokey is. I just thought he was. Wearing he a was kind shirt. of in a dark brown thing. All right. All right, let's do a little character study. How would you guys describe the dude? Wow. The dude's a special kind of guy. I can't the type of person who will do exactly the amount he needs to to get by. Exactly. I think Sam Elliott did a very good character assassination of him in the beginning. Assassination. I, w- I would agree with him, And yeah. the dude was lazy. It most yeah. certainly yeah. was that. The laziest in Los Angeles County. Which, Which qualifies him for the most laziest in the world. If I may just go ahead and start in on Please. my character analysis of the go dude, yeah. I would simply say that he's a guy that never wanted to offend anybody. And he always wanted to be laid back, easygoing, cool, groovy, and just do his own thing. Yeah. And I really respect that. What I find disrespectful about him is that he wouldn't really hold his line when he when he had a point. When he he always he always kind of wilted when others were more powerful than him. And yeah. one could say that was just his laid back attitude. But I wish he stood up to the big Lebowski. Yeah, I wish he, he walked stood away. Up to Walter sometimes. Sometimes he just walks away. Yeah. And it. I mean, Maybe it makes well, for a better story. But he did stand up to Walter. He used to tell him, Walter, you're just an asshole. You're just an asshole, yeah. I mean, this aggression will not stand. Maybe man. he really is just a Messiah character where he's just better than the rest of us. We don't just don't see the world the way he, he does. does. Just He does just kind of pull back, shut off, let you finish running your mouth, and then he puts on his glasses and walks away. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. So, uh, Little Chief, what do you got? Tell hmm. me all about the dude. The dude. I think he's somebody that had everything made for him until it became time for him to be responsible for it. And when that time came, you know, that's when he would kind of wither away and decide Well, he did to have a job. He roadied for Metallica, so he doesn't he does know how to punch a clock. <laughs> you don't need a bunch of clock to be a roadie for Metallica. You show up four hours late, you still made it. They were a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
pretty much. Uh, well, it was just on the Speed of Sound tour, so. Okay, so we were touching on Walter. Let's let's do a little more character study on Walter. Who's Walter, and anybody want to talk about him and his background and what he, he does? He is a case study of PTSD. <laughs> Basically, yeah. that is what he is, and I think I, he's manic and insane. I love how everything in Walter's life has to do with Nam, and I mean, he can he can spill a uh, cream on the counter at a restaurant, and somehow in twelve seconds be talking about. Vietnam when his buddies die in there. It just it looks just like the muck that my friends died in in Vietnam. Yeah, he's got it. It's it's just Vietnam is just under the surface for that dude at at a moment's exactly. notice. You can be there. Yeah, it's know? like that one scene where he's like, Walter, how does this have to do with Nam? He's like, well, it does have a literal sense, dude. No, Walter, like, face no, it doesn't make any sense at all. It it's like no connection at all. He could see his friend tying his shoe and be like, I remember I had a friend in Nam who died when he was tying his shoes. Yeah, like that. I, I think that Walter had so few successes in life. You know, his failed marriage, his business that really you only see the sign once. <laughs> yeah, had, this guy had so few successes in life that he has to, you know, grasp, clutch on to something that was important. Even though, as we all know, Vietnam was pretty much a failure. Yeah. It was still something that was either glorious or something praiseworthy. Something. Well, he's that, proud of it. Something that had he's magnitude. He's proud of his time there. Yeah, he's, something that had magnitude that, that he can right. latch on to to give himself a sense of self-worth. And and um, just I don't know, just, perhaps just just presence. I think he he really wants presence in people's lives. Well, you can tell when when little chief says he's it's a classic case of PTSD, and I'm telling you that the war is right under the surface. The dude fucking dude wears camouflage everywhere he goes. He wears olive yeah, drab he's, green. He's got his combat boots on everywhere. <laughs> he's got his he's he got also his takes his gun to the fucking bowling alley. <laughs> He t- he's got his uh he's got this fucking tiger stripe uh fucking bandana yeah the yellow stripe uh, the yeah. yellow glasses you know the shooter's glasses and stuff he's wearing them you know when he goes bowling <laughs> yeah he's got to be able to snipe those pins here's here's something I don't understand about Walter okay uh and maybe he's just an asshole why is he always an expert on everything I mean he's we're talking about a kidnapping he's like yeah they're amateurs and it's this and it's that I can get you towed by three o'clock I mean it's like he just dives like I get this I understand this whole thing I know what's going on here you know the, the all of it he's Shomer Shabbish he became Jewish I mean he he knows everything I think throughout the movie he does a great job of being as involved as he possibly can in the whole ordeal but at the same time being able to disconnect himself at the moment's notice when he needs to to not make it important to him Okay. An example, perfect example is when he throws the ringer out of the car and, you know, it's everything that they don't want to do in the situation that they are not prepared for. And the gun goes off, ruin Lebowski's car, <laughs> completely tears it to pieces. You know, and his car's already been beat up in the in the whole movie. They get <laughs> after the whole ordeal he goes Fuck it, dude. Let's go, yeah, let's bowling. go bowling. Yeah, he cuts just, to a scene of him just totally chill. He shuts off in his mouth, ready to bowl. Yeah, <laughs> just disconnected from everything. He just, that just, he just like shuts off and turns a corner. He's got so little skin in the game, <laughs> but he thinks he's in charge. He's like the referee, but he's got so little obligation or, or risk you know, that he could get away with whatever he wants and and and, cr- and claim the credit if things go well. Right. Because <laughs> he, yeah. he's the pro. He knows it all. And the scene right there, when he does it, he goes, he goes all right, super simple. You got to keep it simple. I'm just going to get out and beat it, beat it out of one of them. And like, what are we supposed to do? He goes, we're supposed to throw the, the brief, the, the, the ringer over the bridge. 
He goes, oh, we can't do that. It fucks up our plan. Well, why don't you explain it to him, Walter? <laughs> it just didn't even register with him to, to make a new plan. That's right. Yeah, there's no plan B. It, no. Was, it was go in, you know, guns are blazing. It was plan A or nothing. That's right. That's right. So you realize, he's like, okay, so the plan is we're going to throw, throw the case over the bridge. He's like, that fucks up our plan. What does he do? He still gets out. <laughs> he still gets out like like the plan A is still in effect. He's getting out. He yeah, like does all the calculations. Said <laughs> car's going thirty miles per hour. I'm doing this. If I jump out with the Uzi, I can it's get fifteen out mph. Yeah. He's like, you know, they're gonna slow it down to fifteen mph. He rolls out <laughs> and, and dude, just take fucks himself up when he does. He trembles like nine times. Yeah. You know, he could not stop. He limps too. He limps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does anyone remember what was in the ringer? The whites. The whites. The dirty, the dirty undies. Yeah. It's got to have a weight to it. Can't be can't be a fake ringer. You know what I never I caught on later, much later in the in watching the movie 95 times was that there's no way a fucking million dollars would fit in that little zero case. And that's what that case is. It's a silver zero case. Yeah, and the ransom note said in uh, non-consecutive twenties. Yeah, no so fucking way. So they weren't one hundred dollar bills. No, they needed to be like they needed to be thousand dollar bills. And if you had twenties in there, you'd have like you'd be doing an Ocean's Eleven thing with six duff black duffel bags coming out of there. Also, you're telling me that the dude never opened the briefcase. He's not even curious. Maybe he's locked. He's not curious. Why? Would, wait. Why would you put a lock on it? Did they give the? Well, we don't. We we just don't know now, do we, dude? That had not occurred to us. That dude. had not occurred to you at it. Okay, let's move on. Okay, there's another character we need hey, to talk Gen about. Hey, Gen X mom, you're still here. I haven't yeah, heard from you in a while. I'm still here. I'm just listening to you guys. All right. So we got to talk about Donnie. There's uh, there's lots of uh, rumors around. Is he dead? Is he alive? Is he a figment of his imagination? You know. Okay, hold on. I know where you're going with this. All right, I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. I got you. Yeah, I want you guys to discuss it. You guys have all heard the rumor, the theories out there about Donnie, but I want you also to explain to me, what do you think of his character? He doesn't have a whole lot of lines, but I think he's significant in the movie. So do you want us to discuss the fan theory that you were alluding to, or do you want a character characterization of Donnie? Characterization of Donnie first, and then we'll go into what the rumors and theories are. Little Chief, tell me all about Donnie. Well, he's someone who loved to surf the coasts. Pacific coast of California. <laughs> Recite the eulogy. He's an average bowler, and he always was respectful of his friends, even if he didn't know what they were talking okay, about. Okay, you do realize he bowled a strike every single time. Every time. He's not an average bowler. He bowled a strike every time, except for right before he died. So he's average. He's got a strike every time. Those are the ones we saw. <laughs> So based on the ones we didn't see, you're going to assume he was an average bowler. He was also a fan of the Beatles, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I think symbolically, Donnie might as well be dead because both Walter and and Big Lebowski, Little Lebowski, however you want to call him, they didn't really acknowledge him much in the movie. And it's probably for his benefit. Well, not until the end, but for the most part, probably throughout their friendship, he realized quickly that it wasn't worth his time. He loved involved. playing the part of the third wheel. That was his thing. Yeah. Did we ever find out what he actually did? Did he have a wife? Did he like what did he do in the movie? There's so he little bold. So he little strikes. about him. Yeah. I don't he was what do you think, the, guys? He was the tag along guy. Uh, I don't know about I mean you can only theorize about how many, you know, if he's got a wife and kids, that kind of thing, what he does for a living. But I I don't think all that is very relevant to the part he played in the movie. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to cross the line here and, and go ahead and delve into the fan fiction yeah. thing while I talk about his. Go uh, ahead. Well, talk oh. about his character. Right. As, yeah. His character, yeah, total third wheel. I mean, second banana the whole, the whole way through. The guy is not crucial to the plot at all. He throws in little interjections, little ejaculations that will make people respond to. I know I chose to say that, but it's a real word. You chose ejaculations. <laughs> that's right. Look it up in the dictionary. It's a real thing. Donnie chose the, cho- the dac- ejaculation. So, that's right. Okay. So, all right. So he's important because he is a plot driver. I mean, his not only just his death three quarters of the way into the movie, but in in different scenes, you need an individual in in just uh, I guess cinematic theory. You need an individual to drive motion throughout the plot, throughout to 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 really move the story along. And he always he's always present in those in those little images, in those little parts of the film. So. He is. I don't think there's ever been a two-man bowling team. You have to fill out. <laughs> you have to fill out that that bill, yeah. and so right. you needed another person in there, another person to fill that that spot. I think it was written perfectly because Walter needed somebody too. to kick the shit out of all. Yeah, but all he was there. always interjecting, like. He was listening. He was always there listening to sort the conversations. <laughs> sort of. Sometimes when, when Walter would get on him about, you know, you're like a child who walks, walks into the, the room, room and just starts asking questions. It's true because... Were you listening, uh, Donnie? Uh, Were you listening to what the dude said? Were you the, listening to a story? He's like, I was bowling. Oh, then you have no point of reference, do you? <laughs> yeah, a perfect example of this is when they mention the one of the quotes of Lenin, and they don't mention which Lenin, <laughs> and you just, hear, you just see Donnie turn around and say, I am the walrus. He's, he's alluding to John Lennon, but really what Walter's re- alluding to is Vladimir Ilyov Lenin, the, the politician in the, the, the Czar of, of Russia. Yeah, either way. Um, but it's a perfect walrus. example of him being in the loop enough to be kind of hearing background noise, but then getting into it and understanding that uh, he's not in the loop at all. No, he's not. But he's just trying to participate. He's like, hey, what's going on? Well, do you guys think that rumor is that he was a figment of Walter's imagination? That's like a rumor that's out well, there. Well, that's, that's the fan theory, and it basically says that Donnie is a fig Newton of Walter's imagination. He's just a figment. He's not a real person. He is somebody that Walter's mind has uh, created to take the place of his dead buddies. I, I like the idea that he's a ghost, that he's a ghost of a Vietnam buddy. That died faced out of the muck. Yeah. And it's great and it's beautiful even. Yeah. But I don't think the Coen brothers really dedicated that much well, insight no, because into they the character development. The Coen brothers would have gone all the way with it. If they they if would that, have if, made a severe yeah, they would Uncle have, Polonius yeah, they Shakespearean have thing of it. Okay. Yeah. So the fan the, the fan theory goes is that he's fake, he's not real. Yeah. And here's the proof. Yeah. No one talks to Donnie but Walter. That's not true. The dude talks to Donnie. When? When his phone is ringing, he says, okay. thank you, Donnie. That's Your the, phone's ringing, dude. Okay. Thank you, Donnie. Now, that, <laughs> right. That's right. Now, that scene, I know for a fact he speaks to him four times. Whoa! Okay, hold there on. You go. Let me get to where I'm going here. That has been the culmination of the theory. It's like, okay, and everyone who pushes that theory says, ah, okay, except for that one scene, you know, it, it is a four fact scenes. and it's true. Now, just last night, we were watching The Big Lebowski again. And uh, Gen Z kid spotted one Hey-o. at the beginning of the movie, pretty close. And I'm like, oh, he does talk to him. They were arguing about the room. Does that rug, you know, you need to go to the other Lebowski. That, you know, the car got pissed on your rug, the Chinaman. And all of a sudden, Donnie's going, what, what carpet? Hey, what are you talking about? And then dude answers him. 
And he goes, he goes, you know, your carpet. And he goes, it's my carpet. He t- tells him right to Donnie. He goes, it's not coming on my carpet. He it addresses him, and I and I didn't. I've never picked that up. And he did. Gen Z kid did. He got it. So it was a well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. So that's Thank twice. You. I know there's two now. Now Gen X mom says there's four times, but there's definitely the big one that you brought up, I, and then the one I, I just saw last night. I think also, it's a it's a fun theory of fan fiction, and I really do appreciate it. But I just don't think it was the intent of the of the of the no. mo- motion picture writers and the no, Coen brothers. The Coen brothers would have nailed that. They would have yeah. they would spent all their time crafting that. If they wanted it to be that, yeah. it would have been very evident with no flaws. Damn right. Coen brothers would have had no flaws. Um, right. One thing I'd like to add: if he is a Fig Newton of uh, Walter's imagination. Then, whose ashes did they put in the exactly. bosom? In <laughs> they the, would not have like, gone in the bosom out of the Pacific and Ocean. Done all that stupid crap <laughs> to just throw ashes all over themselves <laughs> for a, a guy that's not real. And another thing too, just before we get off the topic of Donnie, Steve Buscemi is my favorite actor of all time. Yeah, he's great and has been for a long time. And I. I enjoy him as an actor because he never plays the George Clooney. He never plays the Pierce Bronson. He always is the ugly, out of place, weird guy. He calls Steve Semi ugly. Absolutely. You're not going to be invited to his bar mitzvah. No, like there was actually there's there's a fun fact about Steve Semi, and it was that when he became famous and acquired all of his well, I don't know, you call it a fortune, I guess, from acting. um, A lot of people approached him and said, "Hey, do you want to get your teeth changed? Get your teeth fixed?" Yeah. And he declined to do so because they were so iconic to the characters that he played. That he he kept himself who he was. I agree. I, and I, I heard that. I appreciated that so much about him because he knew that he brought something to the table to the movies that he did. You know, Reservoir Dogs and even some it stupid Adam Sandler him, things. It was part of him being a character, and it worked yeah. perfectly. And he looked like so much like a human being and not an actor that that must have been the exact reason the Coen brothers I, uh, and casted I underst- him. I understand what you're really saying here. So I think the whole room is feeling it right now with that statement, with that paragraph about Steve Buscemi. And I'll just go ahead and say it. Fuck George Clooney and his straight teeth. Because that's what we're all getting at here. That's okay. I would agree, actually. Yeah. I really would. And I, and I might be wrong. And edit this out if I am wrong. But I believe that he was a New York City firefighter. He was. And not only yeah. that, but he I believe he went down after 9-11. He went down there for free and worked with those guys, put on the uniform, signed a waiver. That's amazing. You know what? They, they, we all need to clap hands for that guy. I mean, that yeah. really good is. Job. Good job. Good job, Good yeah. job, buddy. Steve Buscemi, thank you very much. That was really great. Yeah. Okay, so. Wait, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, done. So another one was to say, okay. well, who else recognized, who else recognized Donnie in the whole thing, and the stranger played by Sam Elliott. Uh-huh. Yeah, the stranger yeah. hated to see him go. Right, so it's like, well, he could it had to have been real because the stranger. And uh-huh. you know what? All the 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 fan theorists go, well, yeah, he was fake too. Yeah, he the, wasn't there either. The stranger's not even real. He's just <laughs> so a narrator from the that's from the fourth saying. dimension. That's yeah. what they say. So it's like, all right, all right. I don't know. Okay. So I it's have a, a thing about Donnie. Are you guys done? Do you have anything else to say? Please proceed. I just want you to know I love Donnie. I just want you know, Gen X mom didn't know that I love you. 
know, I, I like I Donnie, Donnie too. I like Donnie oh, too. Oh, you know what I told them the cool. other day when they were all sitting here? I go, we had to pause in the movie. And yeah. You're going to get this. The, the, I said, we we know the real life Donnie. I didn't say Steve Buscemi. Donnie. He came into our house and we even got to say, shut the fuck up, Donnie. That's <laughs> right. We did. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. And tell was him how here. he relates to Iceman. I don't know how he relates to Iceman. He's a Just, buddy, buddy yeah, of mine buddy. from years ago that he got the moniker uh, I, uh, Donnie because someone long ago told him to shut the fuck up because <laughs> he would say, off the wall, out of the blue, <laughs> left field shit. And someone finally said, shut the fuck up, Donnie. But, to that, but you introduced me that way to him like 10 years ago. That's so how I know him. Every time I see when him, I, I go. When someone asks me, when someone comes to learn that Donnie is not his real name and yeah. they ask me what his real name is, I have to pause a moment <laughs> and recollect. <laughs> that poor guy. meeting him 23, 24 yeah. years ago. And that go, poor guy. Uh, is Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, there yeah. it is. But he's, okay. he's Donnie. Yeah. All right. So I I have a question. You know, as I was doing some research, they were talking about Donnie, and you guys kind of brought it up that he's, he's known for making strikes all the time. So do you think in the movie that Donnie knew he was going to die? There's some clues that when I was doing research. Whoa, Donnie knew he was going to die? Because he didn't make a strike right before it happened. And we should start with how did he die? Because I can't remember. He had a heart attack. Part. He had a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But he was not shot. But that's they s- right. <laughs> Donnie's been shot. He's like, no. He oh, wasn't. Walter wait. was wrong about that one. The helicopters are coming in right now to no, save you. Right. Yeah. Now hold okay. on. Okay. Let me let me Go tell ahead. you what I did some research. So, said that he didn't pull a strike right before it happened. Okay. And he he wasn't angry he was kind of stunned like it was like a omen or a signal or a okay a sign. hold on before you get off the track then that if that's true that proves he was a perfect bowler why would missing a strike upset him and give him pause was that his first one he's ever missed before hold we don't on. know no i i have a theory about this too there was a professional bowler who uh i think in the 70s or 80s would um he was just an okay bowler. He mm-hmm. was in the pro leagues, and it was a, he was an Asian guy. Um, I can't remember his name, but this guy was in bowling competitions. So he's a Chinaman. This is a oh. real no, but this is a real thing. Um, he this guy bowled the greatest uh, uh, set of his entire competitive career. Okay, and he he then after the competition collapsed Whoa. after the bowling. And was sent to a hospital immediately. And he huh. never passed out, but he like collapsed and got down on his knees. And everybody crowded around him after he won the competition. And they got him in an ambulance and took him home or took him to the hospital. And they said, and he, he wakes up and he goes, well, what happened to me? And they go, you were suffering from a heart attack during your competition. Whoa. And he had the greatest set of his life. And he did that during like having a minor heart attack. Okay, you're losing I, me here. And I swear that is the reason why Donnie was um, one of the bowlers who had he died of a heart attack. They were they were they were. It was an homage to that bowler oh. who who did that. I wish we could look up right now what that guy's name was, but I know for a fact that's true um, because I watched a bunch of stupid bowling documentaries about. Um, stupid shit after watching the movie and i swear it's true you can go look it up there was a bowler who who had a heart attack during a competition and um 
Gosh, I can't remember. That was the such game. a okay. fucking long walk to get to that. I'm still kind of struggling. I know, but it was a very real thing. And, I, and it could very well be that they had nothing to do with him. It could very well be that uh, it's not involved at all. But the fact that someone in bowling culture that happened to them and then it happened to Donnie again and him being someone specifically who would only bowl strikes, it, it You told I made me he that was connection. an average bowler. You're telling me that Donnie was suffering from a minor heart attack Every yeah. single time no, he went I think bowling? No, I think that that's why he missed his strike. <laughs> I think I think the Coen brothers played with the idea of Walter, all his PTSD, all over the place. That's why, they did the, that's why they did the helicopter thing. But the fans took it to say that's proof that there was no Donnie and no helicopters. It's a fun idea, but I, I just don't think it's all that. I don't either. Yeah. I'm just bringing it up. Yeah. Okay, well, there's another thing I don't think any of us caught when we watched the movie was not only was he stunned that he didn't get a strike, there is mention that he grabs his arm while everybody's in the bowling alley before they walk outside. I don't think Wait, I've ever what? noticed that. What are you talking about? That's what they're saying. After he, he after he missed his, he got he didn't get his strike. Right. That he grabbed his arm. Yeah, he like sat down and and you can grasp. You know what? As soon as she said that, now all of a sudden I'm thinking that might be right. That might be a scene that was I, in there. Um, <sighs> one more thing I'd like to say about that is um if you look at the expression on his face. He looks like this has never happened before. He's stunned. He, he does look perplexed. Like, but he does go, look like, how did I miss that? They go outside and the Nihilists are there and he says, are these the Nazis, Walter? Yeah. And, and all this. He, seems, he seems okay at that point. Yeah, moment. I agree. Are these the Nazis, Walter? He seems scared. Yeah. He seems off. off oh, he's hiding behind Walter. Yeah, yeah. He's, hiding, yeah, he's yeah. looking for cover, looking That's for, right. for shelter. For, for the loving embrace. Okay, well, <laughs> it's just a little bit far. <laughs> That's a stretch. I would love to be in Walter's loving embrace. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you okay. need to have more beers or less. I can't. <laughs> I'll take one. another beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to just talk about him. He's just a phenomenal actor, as we just talked about. I think his portrayal in the movie is important. It, it is important to have him there. Right. But let's let's just go around the room real quick. Uh, was Donnie real or a figment? Real. Yeah. He was real. He okay. was real. That's you? Real. Very real. Janik's mom? I think he was real. All right. And I was unanimous around the table. Uh, Gen X Talks podcast has officially confirmed. We have uh, arrived division. at the conclusion. Division. And uh, it is five to zero. And Donnie was real. You can all carry on with your day. You're Hold welcome, on. America. I called division before of assembly. We, before we continue about my tirade, the documentary that I was talking about was one of Dick Weber a historical bowler, and ESPN did a documentary on him. In that documentary, either one of his teammates or um, people he was competing against was one of the guys who was one strike away from a perfect game. I swear to God, if you repeat everything you just said, I'm going to shit a purple twinkie. I'm not getting on a tirade. I'm just saying that if you want to investigate that type of thing, go look at the documentary on Dick Weber. Let's tie it in. Dick Weber, Tricky Dick, Richard Nixon... Poster in the dude's room. Wow. <laughs> Look at me go. Watch there you me go. go. Wasn't Nixon the guy who made the bowling alley in the White House? I yes, believe he it was. was. Yeah. It makes sense. And that's the poster, the poster that's above his bar. Dude's, in the dude's apartment. Above and his, his bar. And his name was Richard Tricky Dick. And now you guys are Dick Weber. Hey, it all makes sense. Dick Weber is an enigma. So if you okay. guys are ever curious about someone God, who could be more into okay. bowling How than do I anyone get else? him to shut the fuck up about Dick Weber? I don't know. Let's move on. We got another character to do. There's nothing wrong with going off on bowling. We have another character to do. He's lost everything there. Okay. What? All right. Okay, so here we go. 
Okay, so I have another character that we really have to touch on was John Turturro pay, played the Jesus. Oh, yeah, John Turturro. See, yeah. I, I, I like him. With him. I don't, but he fucks with the Jesus. Uh-uh. So dude. I have some information that I dug up about him. Did oh, you know I can't wait. he originally thought he was going to have a bigger part in the movie? He really thought that. And then the Coen brothers were like a little... Like, oh, we're really sorry. So they let him kind of improvise. And he's the one that came up with the shining of the bowling ball (laughs) and licking of the bowling ball and the dancing backwards. (laughs) Okay, hang on. Hold on, hold on. Jesus. So, yeah. So the Coen brothers let him improvise a lot of his character of what he did. So some of his actions were were all thought up The only one that I knew of was... Uh, the part about him licking the bowling ball. No one knew that was going to happen. Everyone has said in interviews that I've read, that I've watched online, they're like, holy shit, when he did that, that was the funniest thing ever. And then him and Liam with the ball like that, that was the two of them figuring that out. That's great. You know, when I watched it last night, I was thinking, how could, you know, Walter really didn't attack him. Did you notice? Walter doesn't come and say, like, really raise his voice to him. He didn't. He just stared at him. I, I think there's. There's a respect. I, as far as the game, and this ties back into what I was saying about Walter earlier, the game being his focus in life, I think he realized that the Jesus is a worthy adversary. I don't think Just so. Just like the man in the black pajamas, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. I think, I think no. yeah, 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 sure, he was a pederast, and sure, this Walter guy, looked at him. He served eight years Walter and six years looked, in Chino, Walter looked but, right through him, like you're nothing, you're insignificant. All your threats don't mean anything. That was all empty warriorism. That was all no. empty. That was all no, empty. No. I, I, no. He was just no. an opponent, and that's how dismissive he had to be about his opponent in order to keep his own ego in the game. You think that Walter's yeah. playing chess inside of his head with Jesus, and all well, he's doing is looking at him going, you're nothing, man. I'm just going to wait till you walk out yeah, of the room. Yeah, he had a great poker face, but I mm-hmm. swear that is the only time Walter was significantly intimidated in that movie. You think Walter was intimidated by Jesus? Absolutely. Have you guys not seen the I movie? Do, yeah. yeah, I think he was intimidated well, by the Jesus. You what? guys are out of your fucking mind. 100%. Well. And the Jesus did not break his eye contact for his entire monologue That's because to Walter. Jesus has a false sense of... Well, it was only about, the, <sighs> only, only about direct bowling skill level that Jesus is accomplished and Liam was accomplished but I think that 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 Walter really did perceive the Jesus to be a very worthy adversary and that's why he's so dismissive of the Jesus in general let alone his his bowling skills but as as the individual himself at the bowling alley each time he's very dismissive of him trying to protect his own ego his own dominance in the game no way not even a fucking chance think about this think about the way that he treated Smokey, and then think about the way that he treated the Jesus. Very different scenarios. Because in his mind, Smokey had done had committed an offense, a foul. He had done something that needed to be corrected. Well, he, he, I Jesus, have one more thing to add. Jesus, to add he never relegated the Jesus down. No, never, there wasn't anything. He to never like, threw a piece down leave, on him. Just leave. Now, that's exactly it. What? What? How threatening could 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 Smokey be? Go, yeah. Gen Z kid. What do you want? Okay, look. We haven't even discussed like that weird spin-off movie of just the Jesus. What if he did something that involved Walter 
or maybe not involved Walter, or maybe directly caused Walter well, you're to right. have we a different... Well, you're right. We haven't seen it, so how would we... Yeah, yeah I, I know, see. but I'm saying... I wish means... it would come out. Did they even finish it? Did they make it? Yeah, it came yeah. out. That means we got to go watch it. It. It, was like a, it was like a three-part little series or something, wasn't it? I don't no, know. I thought it was a what? movie, like a one-and-a-half-hour movie. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I live in a cabin I know in they, the woods. I know they did it because there was a trailer for it. I know that much. Was there really? Yeah. Oh, How did I miss all this? Well, you know what? We'll do homework on that. We'll watch it and yeah. we'll come back and do way, another that podcast. That has no bearing on what's going on here. Uh, the Jesus is intimidating to Walter. Walter plays it off like it's not a big deal. No. I'm sorry. It is the truth. Walter's got his eyebrows up. He's like, I don't give a shit about you. You fucking walk away. That's exactly. Yes, it, it wasn't an act. Yes, he really didn't that's care. That's nom, dude. That's the, that's the, that's, that's the nom coming out. That's no. that's that's the the thing that's right under the surface. It takes precedent over any kind of real okay. human interaction for Walter. Every I want you guys to know, everybody who's listening to this podcast right now thinks you guys are full of shit. No, <laughs> there's no. not one person. Go who's and watch with the you. scene. Look at how you Walter treats Larry. Go look at how Walter treats the nihilist. Go and look at how Walter treats everybody. But as soon as he te- deals with the Jesus, someone Remember. with significant bowling skills. Oh my God! No, and no, threatening no. him. With the same threat that he gave to Smokey, probably tenfold, and all he has is nothing to say. And, and it was the it was it was the Lebowski, it was Jeff who who had to step in and say, "Well, that's like your opinion, man." Hey, you which don't, was you don't call him Jeff, you call him the dude, you're right. the dude, the duder, the duderino, <laughs> or just the dude if you're not in the whole brevity thing. Okay, whew, that was a. Interesting. That's a point of contention there. <laughs> next, next time you yes. get some homeless people off the street, do a better job. <laughs> Come on. Fucking ice man. Hey, so can we talk about some recasting? I have yeah. a couple things that I did while, again, researching. So there was talk that they were asking Mel Gibson to play the role of the dude. Unbelievable. What do you think of that? No. No way. He doesn't have... the same. No, he does not... Do, that is Jeff Bridges, okay? Uh, yeah. He just walked out of his house and said, hey, I got a role, I can be myself, and he played it. That's I, it. I, and I, I generally do like Mel Gibson plenty. I really do. Did you ever see that? Did you see that? Um, the Fat Man just this couple, or last Christmas? Is that yeah. the one where he's he the dad? Plays, yeah. he, he plays Santa. No, yeah, it, was, it, it, it yeah. was great. You know, it was yeah, awesome. I did see that. I that like was good. Mel Gibson, yeah. I really do. But yeah. he is not the fucking dude. I'm sorry. No way. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, no, So no. here's another... Uh, um, <laughs> Little Chief, do you have anything to say about that? About Mel, Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson? Uh, I think he's kind of a kook in real life, but he's a great actor. Do you think yeah. he could have played the dude? No. No, not no at all. Like, I think kind of one of the things that we said when we were watching the movie last night was when he was walking through the Ralphs in the beginning scene, that was Jeff Bridges' actual clothes. Yeah. That <laughs> crappy robe. Yeah. yeah. His stupid uh, uh, clear slippers. His stupid Those glasses. That wasn't a costume someone made for him. That no. He walked on set like that. He walked off set like that. He, he, it was almost method acting, the way that he was acting. He almost it, it almost became uh, the, the Lebowski. Well, yeah. they said that, that he when he was looking at this part... He was saying that was him in the seventies. Like he's playing yeah. his younger self. Right. When that's how he acted in the seventies, and this is, you know. Hey, Gen Z kid. In the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it about time for you to pay some bills? Yeah, I think it's about time to pay some bills. How are you going to pay those bills? With an ad. You want to stop right now and do your ad? Yeah, I'll stop right now. All right, go do your ad. Pay your bills. 
Okay, commercial break is over. We're back. Everybody grabbed your beer, went to the bathroom, settled back in. I would say we're halfway through the podcast, but you're looking at the clock on your little phone there, and you know we're not going to go for another 45 minutes. So we'll wrap it up with a few things, but the one thing that everyone has been waiting for is the trivia. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Gen X Mom has a couple more things about the movie, and then we'll move right along. So just hold on to your asses. Okay, so we really didn't talk about this character. He is significant, but... Not as much as the the tribe of the dude, but Jeffrey Lebowski is the millionaire, yeah, and he is played by David Huddleston. Um, but there's been some talk about recasting that. If they asked Robert Duvall, they asked Anthony Hopkins, and they asked Gene Hackman. Do you think any of those actors could have played the Mister Lebowski? Yeah. I think that any of those guys could have played the older Lebowski perfectly and just as well. The problem for me would have been you listed famous people. Now, Gene Hackman sitting in that chair, uh, Robert Duvall sitting in that chair, for me, that would have been a distraction in the movie. It would, have, it would have just been a distraction. Having someone play it that was a relative, to me, unknown. I mean, maybe he's maybe everybody else knows him. I liked it. I, I, would, I, would, I would say they easily could have played that role and done probably even better in the role. But for me, the fit was that it was an unknown, kind of like Star Wars. I agree. I think it's, that's exactly why the Coen brothers chose him. They probably had the lines written particularly and specifically, and they didn't need somebody to bring their acting prowess to that position, yeah. specifically in the movie. Like It really just needed to be the rich guy who had no time yeah. to have any sympathy for anybody, yeah. and especially somebody who was older and definitely not fit well, for the wife that he had in the movie. Well, one thing is that all the characters are very generic on yeah. the surface. Yeah. And then very in-depth whenever you really look at the movie, which the actors did great. That is a great way to describe that. They're just bowlers. There's mm -hmm. just a typical millionaire. There's a butler. I mean, just, yeah. they're regular roles. of. They're just stereotypical, every it's one just of them. Yeah. an old millionaire with a young trophy wife. She's in the not parlance, getting enough money. In, in the parlance of our times. I, I'm embarrassed to say that I agree thoroughly with each of you. I think that's a very good assessment that... That if you had a Gene Hackman, if you had a Robert Duvall, these would have been easily recognizable yeah. character individuals. There's as soon as the viewer of a movie sees these people on screen, there's an expectation. Yes. So that David Huddleston was minor enough in his character acting experience to where he had the chops to be in a Hollywood yeah. film, but he wasn't going to steal the scene. Absolutely. He was going to be very generic. Very well put. He was yeah. just going to be just just like just white out. Can I ask a question about his last name? Was Hiddleston? Is he Huddleston? Huddleston. Huddleston. So it's similar, but it's not Loki, right? No, it's not Loki. That's okay, Tom so Hiddleston. I don't wonder if they were related. Okay, just asking. Just, right, yeah. Now, one thing I want to touch on real quick, and I won't. I will not go off on a fucking tangent. For sure. Um, we're talking about famous people. Kind Dick of Weber was a great bowler. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, talking about stealing a scene, or like you said, he's recognizable, you have expectations, your, 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 your mind totally changes when you see Gene Hackman sitting in that wheelchair. Yeah. Okay. There is an actor who I have found over the years can take over roles, and I don't think of him as his name. And I, I, How he blends into movies and just causes me to just sit back, and I never even think that it's this guy. You're going to say Christian Bale. No. Oh, good. Harrison Ford. <laughs> 
Oh, Harrison uh, Ford. I'm telling you, <laughs> I never, I never look at him in The Fugitive and go, "Look, there's Han Solo." I don't do that shit. <laughs> I don't. It just that guy is a master at blending into his character for I, me. I agree. He's a very accomplished individual as far as acting jobs just, go. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. How, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. uh, through all these assessments, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, hire us, please. Well, for <laughs> yeah, you. right. They don't need us for shit. <laughs> okay, right before I, I do trivia, I really thought you were going to say Robert Redford for some reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really too, thought you were going to say excuse that. Excuse me, that's too big a name. You, you hush. You don't say that unless you are allowed to. His name is copyrighted. We got to pay twelve dollars every time we say it. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt it coming. You know, it costs twelve dollars. Why we put the ad there so we could say his we name? Could, yeah, so we can pay for the name we keep yeah, saying. Right. Quit saying Robert Redford. God damn it, you're making me go broke. Okay, I have one more question before we go to trivia. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so the dude is never seen bowling yeah. throughout the whole movie. Why do you do? You guys have any theories of why the Coen brothers did that? I know that was an intent. That had to be intentional. He bowled. He did not. Yeah, he did. No. He bowled. Nope. And his weird fever dream that he had. He didn't even bowl then. Yeah, he did. He you he just rode with the ball. He, he, he bowled. He became the ball going <laughs> beneath the legs of the of the bowler Look, gal hey, women. That is not hey, bowling. He uh, right. bowled he a strike. Yeah. I mean his cranium did go through, you know, a bunch of pins. You're right. But in real life he does not bowl. Do I think it's significant as far as some sort of hidden message? I don't know. Not really. I just think Cohen Brothers were drinking one day going, hey, let's fucking not ever have him bowl the main character and the whole movie's built around bowling. Let's not have him bowl. I don't even think it was that important. I think in the simple story writing that every time they're in a bowling alley, there's been a conflict that the dude has been interested in, has been introduced to. He gets to. up to bowl. Uh, it, it's still, it's still a, a piece to move the story along. It's still a, a, an item of, 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 of travel. So I don't think him bowling or not bowling is a point of contention in the storytelling. But it is a fact. It is a fact. Yeah. It, it is a fact. He never throws a rock. That's never, interesting, man. That's interesting. Yeah. But I do. I, I think it's a lovely idea, the yeah. fact that he never has to bowl. Because he doesn't have, because the, the, the whole, the whole the, the thrust of the story isn't about him being a mediocre or an achieved or... Uh, well, a, we could just ask Little Chief. Thing. He's really good at assessing what people are bowlers yeah, the in the movie Chief is all without about having show. any yeah. knowledge of it whatsoever. That motherfucker can tell you how good a guy bowls. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so I, I think it's a moot point. It is just a moot point. You know, hold on a second. Do we... We see Donnie Bowl, obviously. We talked mm -hmm. about it. Sure. Do we see Walter Bowl? Uh, we you see see he stands him, there. He gets ready. Well, yeah, we do. We do. We do. He does there. bowl in that scene. Wait, yeah. does he throw it? You don't. Yeah. You don't see it go down the lane. Okay. But he throws yeah. it unless he just. I got a quick Jeff Bridges way. story about that that he was telling on one of the interviews. So I'm sure a lot of fans already know this. Please do. He said he showed. He comes filming on set, and he goes one day. He was his daughters, and his wife like we want to go see. Want to go see? So you know, once in a while he'll take them down and go. All right, come with me. Stand over here, and you can watch his film. And he just brought him down one day, and it happened to be the the day of filming when he was going under all the women's <laughs> skirts <laughs> on the bowling alley. And he's like, that's what we're filming today? I brought my daughters down here. And he's like, yeah, you got to go ahead. He goes, what made it worse is that I'm supposed to have this, you know, this goofy stoned like look. He goes, the, the girls that were all in their underwear, they took fake hair from the prop department and had it hanging out the underwear. <laughs> 
goes, I'm going. He goes, I didn't even want to look. It was so gross. <laughs> and then I'm doing it in front of my family. And I'm trying to figure it all out. So, so this is great. All right. So in, in, in Hollywood lore, in film producing, filmmaking uh, history. And yeah. So what they call a, a pubic wig is called, <laughs> is called a merkin. So he'll he'll call them the Merkin. How He's, do you know that? I How know do you a little bit. Of, I know, know a little bit of Hollywood. Okay. So a, a fake pubic wig is called a Merkin. Okay. M e r k i n, I believe. So in addition, is that there's the notion in filmmaking called the MacGuffin, and inside <laughs> what the fuck and, are you and, talking about? So no a MacGuffin and a MacGuffin in in Hollywood filmmaking is is either an item or a plot story, you know, piece. That drives a story, but really has nothing to do with the story. I thought a MacGuffin so, was when you had to take a take a stroke on, on a golf course. No, that's not it. So, so a MacGuffin. So the the, the, the uh, perfect MacGuffin would say would. Oh, say a mulligan. In, that's in, right. It's in, a mulligan. Sorry. In seven, <laughs> in the movie Seven with Brad Pitt and yeah. and uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Uh, the box that Gwyneth Paltrow's head in. Yeah. Is the is. Uh, well, is, you don't know that they never it, show it. Right, but it's a MacGuffin. So the, the whole story is about that. Also, there's a MacGuffin in Pulp Fiction. There's a MacGuffin plenty. Yeah. Movies, but, but not a mulligan. But it's a not, a mul- not a mulligan. But okay. in the Big Lebowski, the rug itself is a MacGuffin. But you see it. You see it. But the, and the whole movie's about it. But it's not really that crucial. Scene after scene after scene, it's a MacGuffin. It's a false. It's a false narrative driver. And I really love that about the film. That's one of the one of the most important things about the movie to me personally. Why I appreciate it so much is because the rug is always something that is being discussed, being talked about. Yeah. It comes and goes, right. gets pissed on, gets replaced, <laughs> that kind of thing. The rug peers and hey, whatnot. It went great. The old man said, "Take any rug." In That's the house. right. But the rug itself is a MacGuffin, and I like that the Coen brothers kind of give an homage to that Hollywood tradition because the Merkin, believe it or not, the Merkin and MacGuffins, these are all historic Hollywood tools. I am never going to look at you the same again that you know what fake pubic hair is called. Uh, it's called a Merkin. I mean, that's just, so, how the fuck would anybody know that? Yeah. Okay. How do, you, hey, hey, okay, hey. How do we, just so we, I want to know right now, how do I unlearn that? <laughs> just So no. what happens, how I do it in school and how I do whenever you try to teach me things is like, you completely think about anything else whenever he's in the middle of his discussion and you just forget about the whole thing. That's what you do to me. <laughs> That's, th- no. There's your technique to forget things. Right so, there. so right now, he let him continue his discussion, just complete this zone out. I, I can't. <laughs> this is like one of those out. things you see, but you wish you could unsee it. I need to unlearn that. I'm trying to learn how to unsee. Uh, okay. You know what? Uh, to, to piggyback on what Iceman said, I think that one of the perfect examples of uh, the MacGuffin is when <laughs> when he gets when when the Lebowski gets knocked out cold yeah. after being stoned on his rug, uh, enjoying the rug that he had acquired from the Big Lebowski. Right. Um, he starts hallucinating and lucid dreaming while he is knocked out cold. Right. And he's following uh, the Big Lebowski's daughter, who Maud, is Maud Lebowski, Maud, who is riding on the carpet on the rug. That he is following, yeah, and it's a very, very subtle thing that they insert in the movie. That if you don't, you have to watch the movie multiple times to see that. But Coen Brothers are bad she, fucking ass. Yeah, they just are. she, she is riding on the carpet, and he is yeah. following that carpet. And lo and behold, when he wakes up, he wakes up on a stone cold wooden Wood floor. floor with no Wait, rug. Can you but say it, that in, in radio? Stone cold. Stone cold wood floor. Isn't that like an oxymoron? Should we never go there? Is that one of the taboos on page 58 of shit you're never supposed to say on radio? Well, 
It's a, it's a, it's a MacGuffin. Well, we're going to take a mulligan and let him skip over that one. Yeah. Market I, wo- eight, I woke up on a stone cold wood floor. It's a way of describing the type yeah. of wooden floor. Well, here's mm-hmm. the problem: a stone guys, wooden floor. You guys, like- <laughs> you guys are taking Gen X terminology. You're trying to bend it, and our shit don't bend. That's why you wouldn't. Yeah. Fucking it up. Okay. Why is it because it made of stone cold wood? Oh my god! So let's like call a cloud fluffy. It's not really fluffy. It's just like. Do you ever heard of Gen X or call a cloud fluffy? No. All right. All right, you guys. We're ready. Okay, I'm going to throw you some trivia questions, and then I'm going to let you guys battle it out and try to stump each other on trivia questions. We could just start with me and end with me. I got all the answers. Would you stop? (laughs) I've got a few. So here's one. What was Walter's ex-wife's name? Uh, I got it. I got it. Okay, well, Iceman and I know for sure. Let's start with you. Cynthia. Yep, Yeah. Cynthia. We should go around the room in that order. We should go around. It should be Gen Z kid, then Little Chief, then me. Then we bring in Iceman if we don't have the answer. Iceman, the, he's the uh, the uh, the heavy artillery. He is the <laughs> he, Iceman is he the, is the trump card. He is the homeless pl- program director of Big Lebowski. Period. So I'd like to mention that I've only seen the movie. Five he's the Merkin times? guy. <laughs> <laughs> you are the Merkin seen, guy. Yeah, I've only seen the movie about five times. Okay. I think. So I just like to point that out. Yeah, that way when you fail, you'll have an excuse. Okay. Yeah. Or whenever I get it right, it makes you guys yeah. look bad. That's true. Okay. Okay, here's another one. So uh, Walter was babysitting his ex-wife's dog. Yeah. He kept calling it a Pomeranian, but it wasn't a Pomeranian. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know dog breeds. The fact that he didn't know is hilarious. And the fact that he was so confident about it being a Pomeranian <laughs> is a Pomeranian with papers. Uh, it has pa- the dog has freaking papers. It's got papers, man. I, I, I man, I'm you not know, good at dog you breeds. You know, it but wasn't a Pomeranian. You, you drink, by it was definitely it. not a Pomeranian. But so you bring a show dog a, to the bowling alley. Was it alley? a Yorkshire Terrier? It was a it was a Terrier. It was a Terrier You're for right. sure. That's, That's weird. really good. Oh, good pull, little That's chief. Good, good pull. Okay, got another one. All right. So, Jackie, Jackie Treehorn, we didn't really talk about him, but he's one of the characters in there. And he sends yeah. some thugs to destroy the dude's apartment. Yeah. Now, when those guys, when those thugs went into the apartment, they used something to destroy his de- apartment. What did, Were they swinging around? What? So, I think I might have this one. I might, it might be confused with the Nihilist. But didn't they use a cricket bat? No. You're wrong. They did not. Nope. Incorrect. Yes, it was. Okay. It was a cricket bat. That's wrong. Why is it wrong? Because Jackie Treehorn sent the blonde-haired guy and the Asian dude, Woo, Woo peed on the rug, and the blonde-haired guy shoved his head in the toilet. They never used the weapon. The nihilists came in once with a ferret. Then they came back and smashed things with a cricket bat. The nihilists, there was three of them. So Jackie Treehorn did not send the nihilists. Well, the, when Jackie Treehorn sent the the two dudes, Wu yeah. and the blonde guy, that's his real name. If you look at his uh, driver's license, it blonde guy blonde. says blonde guy. It actually says it in the credits. Oh, it really does. Yeah, so we can hear you. I think it says blonde guy in the in the credits. It says Wu and and the blonde, the blonde guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, they did destroy his wall with. Lebowski's shoulder on the way in. He pushed him they through. They did not bring a weapon in. Wu and the blonde guy. I'm not saying ha- they brought a she weapon did. in. She did. She asked the question. I'm, I'm struggling with my, my, my 
you know, photogenic memory and whatnot. Photographic memory. <laughs> photogenic memory. You have a good-looking memory there. That's a few beers. That is a good-looking memory. Me down. But, but Wu does swing some sort of thing, and he smashes the phone. What you because, the, because the answering machine's going off. That's the second time they come. Right. So where does he swing no. when he contacts with the answering machine? I think it's a crook. Cricket bat. Is it if a they, cricket bat? If they both use the cricket bat, then that's a lack of props in the prop department. I would agree with you. <laughs> <Also>. Because <laughs> but I, I almost want to say it's just a regular baseball bat. But for, but I, it's, it's they all, didn't. He didn't hit the answering like machine. To, the nihilist no. did. I'd like to go back to what oh, I said. You're right. With, it is the nihilist. Yeah, the yeah, nihilist. Yeah, did. The when nihilist they walk in that. with the marmot. Right. That's what and I'm trying to say. And throw it in the tub. And then the way out, the last thing to do is take that thing and whack it again. The nihilist had it. I'm. I am. You, I, I. I agree with you. Well done, Jack. Okay. So so back to what I was saying. Whenever the first visit, they destroyed his tile with the. With the, the golf bowling, ball. With the big with black the golf, golf ball. ball. <laughs> yeah, they're obviously not a golfer. <laughs> so, and then they also hit the door frame and broke his wall. I don't, I don't know if it's ever repaired. I never really well, checked it. doesn't that. matter. The truth is, the question saying. was about the, wall, there man. was no, there was no, no, I'm right on that. That wall tied the hallway together, man. Let's go. Well, you guys can be the judges on that one. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry that maybe that is wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, love, I love I love correcting the internet. All right. So, which characters were on the dude's bowling team? Who were his bowling mates? The names we've been discussing all fucking yeah, night. That's really Donnie easy. and Walter. Next. Yeah, Donnie and Walter. Who is Walter's ex-wife Cynthia vacationing with in Hawaii? Her boyfriend? No. What's his What's his name? Mike? I'm not sure. Nope. Going nope. a little chief. That's I don't have this one. Whoa. I don't. Uh, Jenix Dowden? Uh, this is one that I uh, I usually fuck up and Iceman has to come in and save me from behind. Time and again. Yeah, but I think it was Marty Ackerman. Well done. Thank yes, you. I've corrected correct. you enough times. Ten years. You've, you've, you've absorbed it <laughs> and your gray matter has <laughs> wrinkled your brain. I got it. Already and you've, you've memorized that. Good job. Okay, bonus question. Where were they vacationing? Hawaii. There you go. All right. All right, so according to Maude, what is Knox Harrington's profession? Ooh. Gen Z kid? Uh, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. It's how he introduces him to oh, the, to the dude. I'm stumped. Who is Knox Harrington? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, wait, Listen, hold wait, on. Wait, wait, hold, wait, on. hold on. Stop. I, oh. I How am I missing that? I need you to set down your mic and turn it off. Turn your headset off and get the fuck out of here. If you don't, okay, I'm giving it to Ice Man already. <laughs> oh, now I he have it. I have it. It's on the tip of my tongue. I think I know what it is. In Mod's apartment, and he's the one <laughs> laughing yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she goes, "Oh, that's Knox Harrington, the okay yeah. Gen Z kid. You're first. No, he's the he, he's the guy that films the pornography, no. right? No. No. <gasps> Well, he says. He might, well, basically, he says, "Oh, I do some things here and there." Iceman, like, come on. He's the video artist. It's Doc Harrington, the He's video Knox, artist. That's how they Knox introduce Harrington. him. Do you think he, all video artists are pornographers? Well, he may be a pornographer. He, I mean, he does seem German. But is he not? <laughs> He's the guy that's employed by by Jackie Treehorn, right? No, he doesn't work with Jackie Treehorn at oh. all. Works with Mod. Well, well, I mean, she's, look at she if you tell me if you, if na- okay, I don't care that he's German. If you tell me he lives in Chatsworth, then I know he's into porn. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably where they were. <laughs> you know, I, this is interesting because I've never really drawn this correlation. Because Maude admits that she may have introduced Bunny Lebowski 
the big Lebowski's wife, yeah, who's missing and yeah. missing a toe, perhaps. So two. Uh, the other guy, right? Yeah, the, porno- the to Carl Hungus, right? To Uli Kunkel. Well, she definitely travels in that circle. Then uh, she does. I mean, she owes money all over town. Yeah. So not that there's anything wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. That's cool. So it's cool. So maybe Knox Harrington and Bunny Lebowski, you know, and Maude could, Lebowski, could, yeah. and Carl Hungus, and she uh, she does paint Uli naked. Kunkel, she does paint naked. Yeah, and her artwork has been expressed as being especially vaginal. Does that word bother you? Not was, at all. You yeah. stole my life. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Vagina? <laughs> you know, and uh, she, ha- she does like uh, she she does like sex. It's a very zesty enterprise. It's a zesty enterprise. And I I, I mean, I could speak from personal experience on that. Can you? I, yeah. Okay. Believe it or not. You've had sex with Maude? Once or twice. Wow. I know. Wow. Can I have your autograph? Did you say Maude? Yeah. Not Maude. I was about to say, <laughs> you're a homeless guy on the street. <laughs> all right, you guys. Listen. Okay, yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. So remember the scene where Walter is in the cafe, and yeah. they're sitting there talking, and he's drinking his coffee. Yes. Walter will have you know that here's his quote: "The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior restraint." Prior restraint. Everybody can. I wouldn't have that one. Hold on, I you didn't have that one. No. Yeah, I didn't need help from Gen X Dad. Sorry, he beat me to my the punch. Fault. But I, I should have shut up. I should have shut up. That is my fault. That is my fault. Yeah. All right. Have you know the Supreme Court has roundly rejected prior restraint. You know that cafeteria ladies want to go, look, you're just an asshole. Get out. You just call the bartender a cafeteria lady? <laughs> well, she's not is a bartender. Her, she's that, in a Sambo's is, on is that her previous job? Wilson, Wilshire Boulevard. Oh Denny Sambo's? I don't know. So listen, here's my last one, and then I'm going to let you guys do this. <laughs> Iceman's laughing so hard over there, you can't even stay in his chair. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So okay, here's go. my last one. Yeah. Why did the dude visit the Big Lebowski in the first place? Gen, X, Gen Z kid? They peed on his carpet. He wanted compensation. Ah, uh, yeah. That's it. Restitution. All right, you guys. You Gen guys. X mom, you out? Yep, Thank I'm you. out for Thank now. Thank you for moderating. You have been a lovely, lovely, lovely moderator. Okay. So, goodbye. <laughs> even that dumb goodbye. Okay, so now we ask each other questions. Now mm-hmm. is the hardcore time. I would like to go first. You may go first. Is this directed at a person, or are we going around the table in order? Like uh, from you, it would go to Little Chief, then me. Then actually... Us. No, we can. You can direct it at a single person if you want to, or it can go round to, robin, or it can just go everywhere. Okay. Let's drop a quick rule that I don't want to know the key grip or the best boy. Yeah, that I don't care. No, no it's got to yeah. be stuff that's like really, really relevant to. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to know that the key grip drove a '92 yeah. Honda, yeah. Hyundai who, or something. Who I don't catered care. the place? And yeah, stuff. yeah. What studio was it filmed in in Burbank? Yeah. <laughs> we don't need that crap, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're realists. Okay, you're not, not nihilist. nihilist. Yeah, the opposite no. of that. No, it's yeah. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. What's your question? Um, yeah, you can. You can so yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You can see yeah. all these. Can you reach? Can you reach? <laughs> yeah, you can reach. Yeah, Iceman's over here getting cauliflower ear from his headphones. <laughs> I told he him he should. Just, I told him he should wear it like this. I told you, you should have worn it like this. I know like, 
Okay, so we're going to wrap things up with trivia, and that means the audience gets to participate too. We will not just blurt out the answer. We'll give a courteous pause, even though we're smarter than you and we know all the answers and you don't, but that's why you're listening. This is educational. This podcast is a documentary, and you're welcome, America. Gen Z Kid, you want to start off the trivia? Gen X Mom has gone to bed for the night, and we are going to sit around here and finish Uh, drinking and ask each other questions. I'm not drinking, and I think that I'll stump both of you guys Iceman and Gen X Dad. I love how you just dismiss me as a <laughs> potential candidate of the answer. You might know. You might know. I'll, yeah. So, whenever he's in his lucid fever dream, okay, and he gets his bowling shoes, his golden ones, the person who gave him the shoes is a previous character that he saw or he sees later, okay? You have to know that who that character was in the fever okay, dream. Okay, hold on. Okay, I'm a little lost on that. You drug it out. Ask me the fucking question just straight. Okay. Who was the character in the dude's fever dream who handed them the golden bowling shoes? I don't know the actual name of the character, but he is another character in another scene. Little Chief, you're first. Golden bowling shoes. I gotta, I gotta admit, I've only got a guess. Did he not have two of those dreams? Because he got knocked out yeah. twice. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure only one of them he got handed golden bowling shoes. So I'm, let's go with that I'm one. I'm not the passes when the Iceman. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the Jackie Treehorn one. Okay, doesn't matter. I'm going to say if Little Chief passes on that, I'm going to say it was the Saddam Hussein character. It was the huh? Saddam Hussein character. Passes in the golden shoes. Okay, well that's that's my only that's a guess. So, yeah, that's a Saddam Hussein so character. Who's, who's the Saddam Hussein character? The, the fucking bowling guy. He's even, yeah, is he's there a name for those guys who pass oh, out no. bowling shoes? No, it was not that guy. It was actually the bad cop, like the really angry stone cold cop from the interrogation. You mean? Hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah. The chief of Malibu? The, no, no. The other one in the two cop interrogation. You know the ones like oh, a separate incident. The no. black cop. Yeah. The, no. The black cop yeah. is not Saddam Hussein. No. Yes, I know. But that's who handed them the shoes in I used that to know, fear you know, dream. I used to know that actor's name, too. He's, he's, I'm, I'm he's, sorry. He's been in a lot I, of movies. I'm going to argue about this. Hold this, on. The black cop is a completely different individual from the Saddam Hussein. Right. He's yes. saying that. He's saying that. He's You're telling great. me the black cop is the same individual that plays the Saddam Hussein. In no, he's not. Get that out of your head. He's, it is not. No. Saddam Hussein's a different guy. He go, he goes, no, not him. Now it's the black cop. That's all we're dealing with. What about the black cop? He handed, he, he, he said he handed in the dream. He says the black cop handed uh, the dude his golden bowling shoes. And I say bullshit. There's no way that there's happened. no way. No, I'm guessing I, that I it's. It I'm guessing that it's Saddam's character. You know that. But I'm no, gonna call it bullshit. I, I think I just stumped you guys. You, you, you can't stump us when you're wrong. You did but stump I'm not us. wrong. There is clearly a black individual playing the cop that talks about the credence. And yeah, good luck on the credence. Go, okay, yeah. listen, uh, dancing and listening pleasure audience, I'm going to press pause for one second. I'm going to look up this answer. I am not going to leave you hanging. At Gen X Talks, we will dive to the bottom of every fucking issue to get you Damn the right. truth. Yeah. Hang Damn on. Right. We'll be right back. Okay, and uh, just so everybody knows, we are back, and we yeah. did look it up for confirmation on the World Wide Web, and it, we have proven, proven.
proven fact that Gen Z kid has his head so far up his ass, all he can see was the black cop and talking about Creedence Clearwater Revival. So I was right. My guess was correct, backed up by Iceman, that it was the Saddam character, and uh, you are almost eliminated. You are going to turn in your Lebowski card. You pull another one like that. Whoa. I didn't yeah. know I had a Lebowski card. I've only watched the movie five times. This is crazy. <laughs> you got to watch thank it ten you. times before you get a card. Uh, thank you for getting me my all card. Right. Anybody cool. else got a trivia question? Anybody? 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 I got one. All right, go. A little closer. Can't hear you. So first time Lebowski goes to uh, Big Lebowski's mansion, he uh, gets a tour yeah. from uh, the, the... Brent. The Brent. Yeah, Brent. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. And uh, uh, he goes and meets... Uh, was it Tara Patrick who plays that movie? Tara no. Reed. Tara Reed. Um, Not that I know my points. <laughs> yeah, he peeks over the balcony and looks into the pool, and yeah. she has an offhand comment about the gentleman. It passed out in right. the middle of the day. Yeah, what bottle of liquor is floating in the pool? Ask Iceman first, because we all saw the thing last yeah. night. Yeah, what bottle of liquor is floating in the pool right, right next, next to him, him in the yep. middle of the day? Good question. I'm gonna imagine that it's old number seven. That that it is Jack Daniels. Gen Z kid. If I'm wrong, <laughs> then it's Jose <Yeah>. Cuervo. <laughs> okay. I said yes. Yeah. I agree with him. Yeah, you are <laughs> That's right. correct. That is correct. Good question. All right, I'll ask one. Let's see. Uh, what would be a good one? And yes, uh, audience, we are listening these listing these things off of... The, I don't have anything written down. I didn't even know we were doing this part of it. So instead of editing it out, I'm just going off the cuff. You got that? That's right. It's almost like live TV, but without any visual. That's us. Um, a good trivia question. Wow. Fuck, that's a tough one. All right, what kind of car was the dude driving? He said this last night, but I forgot. Anybody? I'm really good at that. I, I was part Bueller? of one of my. That was one of my uh, zoned out things, you know, where I unlearned things. <laughs> it was a very nice, rusted color. <laughs> <laughs> how does how does the dude describe it? A little bit of tan, a little bit of green. <laughs> uh, it was a. A Ford. Yes, Ford is right. Seventy one. Seventy two. I think. Seventy two. You know that my Ford something. You know my dad used to drive one of those, a brown one. Was it rust colorization? No, it was brown. It was also brown. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ice man. Ice man. Anything? Ice man. You got a clue on that one? Was it a Galaxy? Can't hear you. Galaxy. No. Torino. What? Torino. Torino. Uh, yeah. Hey. Grand Torino. Ford, Torino. Ford Grand Torino. Yeah. Stumped. Now there's going to be like four guys out there going, that's not what it fucking was, dude. You're so wrong. Swear yeah. to God. Well, email me. Right. Get your own podcast and yell at me. I got one that uh, we probably all know, but maybe maybe the listeners don't. Yeah. Uh, when they're taking Donnie's ashes out to the beautiful beach to yeah. distribute them across the beaches that he surfed. The bosom of the Pacific. They, they went to a corner, or not a corner, but a... Uh, Grocery what do you store. Call those places where they uh, they mortuary. get the ashes. A mortuary, yeah. Mortuary. They yeah. get a mortuary, and uh, they they Did have the most modest receptacle was <laughs> somewhere around two thousand dollars. So instead of getting their most modest receptacle, it is our most modest receptacle. <laughs> what do they use to put Donnie's ashes in? Gen Z kid. <laughs> Wasn't it coffee ground jar? What or no? What no, kind? Like type of can. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a very famous coffee. It is. 
I just remember uh, that there was an unpaid actor who was walking across the top of the hill whenever they were spreading his ashes. That was weird. He did notice that too. Yeah, it was just an individual. Just a yeah, he was just walked up and just happened to look down when they were filming the just camera. Happened to, yeah, yeah, just some dude. Yeah, unpaid actor. It made it, it feel more real. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Folgers. Folgers. Red can. It Folgers. Was Folgers. I've never heard of Folgers. It's your first car. What well, you that's also because your mom drinks snooty coffees, which I respect. But uh, wait, <laughs> Fol- she Folgers drinks snooty coffees? Folgers is a bit low rent. What's a snooty coffee? <laughs> Folgers is low rent? Did you just say Folgers was low rent? A bit, yeah. Hey, how do you know that you're a homeless guy that I picked off the street? Yeah, like what did you know? I drink whatever ago. fucking coffee I can find. You know, I don't have any. You know where I find these cans out there in the dumpsters and stuff, you know? Yes. <laughs> Folgers is low rent. I'm never going to forget that he said that. Folgers is the Bud Light of coffee. It is just the most, like, it's everywhere. I don't know, but my grandmother, if she ever comes down, she's going to whoop your ass. She drinks a Folgers. That's what she drinks. Does it come by default already ground? <laughs> is that like the only way they sell it? I think they distributed that you. When you move into the suburbs of any major metropolitan area, they give you an album for Peter Frampton and Folgers. Here you go. This is how you start living in the suburbs. It comes with a spoon already in the can for you. I hope you do well adjusting. Oh, for God's sakes. How the fuck we get up on that? Because I didn't know what Folgers was. No, yeah. not at all. It was Gen Z. Very clear. Uh, what was the dude's name who was following the dude around in the blue VW? Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. He, he tells him. And then the, the, the dude yells back his name at him. And he's like, man, get out of here. All right. Yeah, I have no idea. Iceman, you got to bail him out. I, Trump card. I don't think that I've ever actually known the name uh, as it's spelt. He, he, he's kind of muddled. He says Davino or Davito. I'm not really sure. This now, is, see, I thought it was Dafino. It could be Dafino. It really could be because there's so much there's so much agitation and ire happening in that scene. He says yeah. it in such such flummox that I'm not really sure what what he says. And do you guys yeah. remember who this dude is looking for in the blue VW? Why is he even in the movie? Because he's looking for Fawn Knudsen. Yeah. Am I looking at you? I know you know the answer to this. I'm hey, looking at these hold on, two. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm sorry. You hold fucking on. out of your mind? I know you know that. I would not have known that. You're wasting your time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think he was looking for Fawn Knutson. Well done. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well done, dipshit. Thank you. Whoa, I got that answer completely legitly. Yeah, from someone who knew. Where's he from? Where's she from? Yeah, where's she from? Where's Knutson? Where's, Knutson? Where, where's Fawn? Who, wait, first of all, who is Fawn Knutson? A woman. <laughs> Can you be a little more vague? Come on, who is he? Who is she? You said he. Yeah, who yeah. Is she? Yeah, who is she? Who is she? Um, she's a woman who lives in the United States. She you know, okay. This is where he California. runs off with his fifteen-year-old, twelve-year-old. Uh, yeah, because I don't know. What do you know? Do? She's Bunny Lebowski. Little, yeah, just she's Bunny cut, Lebowski. Cut oh. So she's ran away from home. She married a millionaire. She yeah. was a little trophy wife. Right. That owes money all over town. Not that there's anything wrong with Not that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and she's been in a in a couple of questionable you know pictures. Not that there's anything wrong. Yeah, with which that. one's log jamming? Oh uh, yeah, with with Carl Hungus. <laughs> Let me guess. He fixes the cable. <laughs> he fixes the <laughs> cable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. So, so there's a PI, a private eye, yeah. a, a private dick, a brother Seamus. Brother Seamus. Looking for Fawn Knutson, who's run away from a little town in... Now, he holds up a picture that he's supposed to give to Bunny Lebowski to get her to come home. What's the picture of? 
I haven't seen the movie enough, man. Oh, I'm sorry. You five times. Yeah. All right, also, little we chief. didn't even finish the little movie. Little chief. Repeat it for me. Uh, the brother Seamus DeFino driving the blue VW is talking to the dude and says, yeah, I'm supposed to find uh, Fawn Knudsen, uh, Bunny Lebowski, and show her this picture to make her want to go home. What's the picture of? Do, 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 do. I don't know. I don't have that one. Well, I know That's part of it, one. and then Iceman's going to have to come in on the rest. It is the family farm in Kansas. I fuck that up every time, don't Minnesota. I? I'm actually going to say Minnesota, and I yeah. do fuck this up every yeah. time, too. No, I think it's you, even Moorhead, Minnesota. Moorhead, Minnesota, yeah. And previously yeah. I thought it was Iowa or whatever, because it's such I a small thing. I thought it was Kansas. Detail. Kansas feels right. But, I mean, they're all like, within 500 miles of each other. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota's very the far away from... From Iowa? It's the, the next no, door neighbor to Kansas. Kansas. Kansas is the next door neighbor to Iowa. What do you yeah, think? What's wrong they're, with they're, you? they're all right there, man. Yeah. What? So, well, I, hey, if I more, can go to... On. Listen, I can go to... Minnesota's a very big state. Could you listen to me? Minnesota's big. I could show. go to a map of the United States and put my hand in cover and be touching Minnesota... And Michigan and Min- Min- Michigan and Minnesota and Kansas. I can touch them all with right. one hand. They're all right. Not if you're on a close. big map. They're all that close. It's so, awesome. Yeah. Minnesota's very. If Moorhead, Minnesota is near Canada, then it's very far away. Whoa, whoa. Who Canada, said Canada? It's not near Canada. Who brought Canada into this? No, I, I didn't say Canada. I'm Did just saying say it depends on what side of Minnesota it's on. You, you see know? why it's hard to have him up after 9 o'clock at night? I think it's Minnesota. It is yeah, Minnesota. I think it's Moorhead, Minnesota. I know. I'm kind of pooping out on the podcast right now. What? Sorry, shouldn't have said that on the podcast. It is his bedtime. Yeah, he's pooping out on the po- on his like, own I'm podcast. We're gonna have like to do Gen right X talks after dark. Ooh, <laughs> Gen X talks after dark. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap it up right now, and we'll edit this down. We're at an hour and twenty-five. We have to come way back. Get, I didn't get to do my, my trivia question. Oh, what's your trivia question? So what question? was all that dead air for? Right yeah. We, me was trying to wave to you because we have a dearth <laughs> of fucking microphones around here. Okay, Give go. me the fucking microphone. Okay, go. Get your question out. This is my favorite, favorite part of the movie yeah. because it's so obscure and, and I, I just like it. So when, they, when, when the dude and Walter go to the residence of Arthur Digby Sellers, Oh, after yeah. Larry Sellers' homework is found in the seat cushions yep. of the dude's car after he wrecked into a fucking dumpster. Yep. And he pulls out the homework, says, Larry Sellers, who the hell is this? Yeah. Walter Sobchak, because he is the CEO, owner, whatever, of Sobchak <laughs> Security. <Sobchak> Security. <laughs> he finds out that he's the son of, of Arthur, Arthur Digby, Digby Sellers. Sellers. Yeah. Tracks down the house. Wants to go to the house and, and they want to hustle this kid. They want to find out yeah. why his homework is in the dudes. They're going to squeeze him. That's right. They're going to squeeze him. Yeah. And the kid ends up stonewalling him. Larry just, Sellers never said a fucking word. I don't think he had a line in the whole movie. I don't movie. think he had a line in the whole damn he movie. He just stared. I want to know that kid's name. We should Google we that. We should Google that we kid. We should find out what the guy's name is. Yeah. Find out what he's doing these days. What's Larry Sellers up to? He's probably up to great things. What he knows he had, how to stonewall. Did he have more roles where he didn't speak? Could be. Well, yeah. could be. It's probably his gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. So so when they enter the door, when they enter up to the, to the to the doorstep, yeah, knock on the door, or whatever. Someone answers the door, yeah. And this is why I love it so much because the woman's name that answers the door, yep. is the housekeeper, the caretaker for yeah. Arthur Digby Sellers, who's an iron lung, and however many uh, episodes of Branded he wrote. 
187. It was the bulk of the series. The bulk of the series. I want to know what her name is. Was it? And the and Walter says it because he talked to her on the phone. Yeah. Because he's a he's a very snifty pro man. He knows how to find things out. Yep. And he wants to introduce himself all nice and kindly. So he just walks up and has her first name ready to go. Her name as it. What is it? She's supposed to be warm with him. Loray. No. You're fucking wrong. Little Chief. Raleigh. What's her name? Little Chief. Oh, it's uh, uh, Walter goes, hello, Pilar. Pilar, there it is, yeah. Oh. He pulled that so far out of his ass. Oh, that's good, I, yeah. <laughs> Pilar. He, he goes, Pilar. <laughs> Well done, well done. All right, let's do a quick Are you guys the police? We would not like to be referred to as police. I did not want to make that impression. We didn't want to give that impression as such. We were hoping the police won't need to be called yet, but that's up to the little Larry, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, the the actor's name and the kid who stonewalls them is Jesse Flanagan. I don't think he was in any... Any other significant movie ever. So if you if this is a lightning round, so if you just hold your hand up, he'll hand you the mic if you want to go. Or if you, hey, if you want it, then you grab it from him. All right. Uh, Larry Sellers' homework was on what topic? Louisiana Purchase. Oh, You got a D. Good job. Good job. <laughs> wow. All of a sudden, he came to life. I know. <laughs> he was, he was yeah, dead. he did. He did. He did. Good job. Good job. What was the color of Walter's bowling ball? Black. Red, white, and blue. Yes. There. Well, were you just gonna rattle off everything until you got it right? No, because I, I thought the no the dudes is black and yeah you know I got it mixed up. Mm, 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 mm. After the dude is well messed up from the drink that Jackie Treehorn makes for him, what does he sell? He what does he say? He makes a hell of a. Yeah, he doesn't say the right name of the drink. Yeah, he doesn't say because he's drinking a white Russian. Right, but he says you make a hell of a Caucasian. Well done, good job. Make a hell of a Caucasian there, Jackie. Good job. Uh, what does Jackie Treehorn draw on the paper uh, when he gets when he a gets naked a man with a very large pee pee? Yep, that's right. That's uh, just did. what happens. That's right. You're on the phone with somebody. What's what's the actor who plays Jackie Treehorn? I don't know actors. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm gonna say it's Ben Gazzara. I think. So you didn't know name. the answer a hundred percent. Well, just... I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but that's who the dude is. Okay. He was the same guy who was the bad guy in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. All right. This might be final question. Might be. But it's like three or four part, as long as I can remember things. You what s- color is the nail polish on the toe? Green. Yeah, it's green. Yeah. I concur. What color is Maud's robe when she's done with her art piece and walks up toward the dude for the Ooh. first time upon meeting each other? Isn't it green? It's an olive drab kind of green. What color is the dude's car without rust coloration? Green. Brown. Greenish yellow. <laughs> Greenish yellow. We'll just agree green again. What color is Bunny Lebowski's bikini? That's oh, bright green with polka dots. Green. Size zero. There's a lot of green happening here. So, do you remember the scene in the dream when they're when the Nihilists are chasing him with the big scissors and cut off his Johnson? Yeah. There's a picture of those scissors, giant size, right. in Maud Lebowski's apartment. That's right. Maybe that's where he got the subliminal thing to. Have I it believe in the dream. that's where it became from. Yeah, yeah. we've seen those gigantic scissors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Nihilist, the leader of the Nihilist, had a band in the late '70s. A techno band. I've got their album right over there. It's called. Oh. What was their band called? Oh my god. Oh, Ar- I remember. Arcano? It. No, that's not it. 
man, I know this. They did techno. Yeah, starts with an A. Archmon. The Anarchists? No, you need... No. The, the Anarchists? No. No, Archmon. Or nope. Archon. Iceman. Comedy. It's, it's Autobahn. 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 The very German, very famous uh, yeah, the highway so system in, uh, throughout the country of Germany. Yeah. Archmon. All right, here's one Autobahn. that only Iceman has a shot at getting. In that same scene, they're in Mod's apartment, and they just looked up the record. He's got his white rush, and he fixed it himself. He looks up the Autobahn thing. And the phone's ringing, and Knox Harrington picks it up and tells Maud, who's on the phone, about what? It's so-and-so about something, and she goes, oh, I have to take this phone call. What did he say? Who was calling, and what was, the, what was it about? It's Sandro and Benali. I know that part. Um, but they just start cackling and laughing. I can't really recall I mean, what the topic might be that they're actually discussing. Okay, wait a minute. Now, it's wait, Sandro what, and Benali. Ha, ha, ha. Wait, what did you just say? Sandro, Benali. That's her name? Sandro, the individual that she's speaking to. Uh-huh. In Banali. I thought that was the restaurant. No, I, I believe it's a region in Europe. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Sandro on Banali. I've got to talk to her about, no, about Banali. I think it's spelled B-E-N-E. I thought he goes, Sandro on Banali. Something, something L-U-X. It's so obscure to me because I'm a filthy Western American. But I, you, know, <laughs> what, you know, West Coast American. I just, where the fuck is Banali? But, yeah. Don't they make <laughs> shotguns? To make Benelli shotguns? Benelli uh, shotguns? No, that's, that's Benelli. Benelli. That's, that's Not Benelli. That's an, an Italian shotgun. You okay, got to work well, on your accent. Guns, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I was under the impression that he was giving the information like it's it's Dave from work. It's Joe no. from the from the auto shop. It's Sandra on Benelli. No, I think it's Sandro, like a Spanish individual, Sandro. Um uh, about Benali, about yeah, vacationing, see, see? about that, vacationing right. to a spot That's right. Benali. That's right. It was a place. That was the name and the place. You keep on saying Sandra on Benali, and I keep thinking of Darmok on yeah. Tanagra. Yeah, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Darmok on Tanagra. Temba, his arms open. Shaka on the walls, walls fell. Then we need to do a Star Trek podcast. Yep. That would be fun. All right, so... Darmok... Uh, and Jalad at Tanagra. <laughs> all right, so that's the deal. All right. Benelux. So we should all say goodbye. Yeah. I guess this is where it winds down. So, uh, so Gen X dad say bye? No, I go last. Why don't I go last? Because I always do the thing. It's not a, no, you can't do the thing. Fine. You don't. So, so we got Little Chief, say Chief, bye. do your little goodbyes. Thanks goodbye, for everybody. If we, you're still listening, we appreciate you so much. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah we need a phrase. Um, you always do it at the end, and people just skip to the end to get the phrase out. They never listen to the whole thing. You have to learn to hide it in the middle. Okay, we'll put this right after the ad. Put, no, I'm not <laughs> going to move this shit around. I'm, I'm, no. Okay, phrase is Darmok at Tanagra. Oh, my God, you're so dumb. I mean, there's le- Iceman, levels of stupidity. say goodbye, and then go back to the streets. I live in the mountains. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay, say bye. Bye. Okay, Gen X mom <laughs> said goodbye. Little Chief said goodbye. The homeless Iceman said goodbye. And you, the music's coming up, man. Go. Bye. Okay, you got to quit doing that. <laughs> that stupid Kermit the Frog with a dick stuck in his throat has got to go. That's horrible. That is absolutely horrible. You do it every time. That's what it sounds like. I swear to God. All right, Gen X Dad saying goodbye. Everyone, we had a good time. This ran long. It was super funny. We cut out all the dumb shit. We left all the good shit. That's about it. We are absolutely the podcast you didn't need, you didn't want. We're like a train wreck. You can't look away, but you wish you could stop. Anyway, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. <laughs>